Where do you go for comics new and old? Uh, garage sales? Wrong! Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? Uh, in magazines, mostly. Wrong again! And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Well, there are lots of different options if you're looking for something... <laughs> so incredibly wrong! Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. Meet Star Trek star William Shatner and Hellboy's Ron Perlman July 13th through the 15th in Boise, Idaho. Then meet Gotham stars Robin Lord Taylor and Sean Pertwee August 3rd through the 5th in Winston-Salem. Then meet Guardian stars Dave Bautista and Palm Clementia and the Winter Soldier Sebastian Stan August 23rd through the 26th in Chicago, Illinois. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDAIR at checkout. No space. (laughs) To get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? The, The internet? Oh, good answer. Really? No! Wizard World Comic Con! Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Well, hello out there, everybody. This is Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, too. And uh, also some guy named Jim Cummings. You're not going to believe this, but you are listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Good job! Keep it up! And welcome to another episode of Canned Air, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And darn it, we're tired this week, people. <laughs> we're so, so tired. The summer has us out running around, getting the, catching those rays. I know it's got me worn out. What about you guys? This and that, you know, this summer obligations. Yeah, come right, right, on. right. Well, we're busy is what we're getting at. So what we're going to leave you with is uh, still nothing short of a good episode. Nice. Something One of our best, I think. Yeah, and it's already say. out there in one format on our YouTube page. But uh, And I s- strongly recommend, even if you do listen to this, go check that out. Get the visual effect. See what we look like, right? Handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome Gentleman's Club here. That's right. But no, uh, we were invited to do uh, a set at the Columbus Podcast Festival 2018. When was that? May? May 12th? Yes, correct. In downtown Columbus, and uh, it was our first live show, and my God, were we ever nervous. Dude, Um, the lead-up was rough, but then actually doing it, you're like, oh, yeah. Wasn't it just a weight off the shoulders? One, I think we did awesome, but I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll leave that to the listeners to determine, (laughs) but I felt like we really, uh, that that was a big success, for sure. Walking off stage was like getting out of prison, I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm free. I got a whole new life ahead of me. But we did another show uh, since then, the, the yes, Wizard World yes, show, we did. and um, you know, again, it, there was no, there were really no nerves this time. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, so really got it all out of the way on that first. We're one. professionals now. Oh, mind you, the audience was kind of small due to some uh, errors in programming <laughs> and saying what room it was in, in and, a short time frame. Right. Yeah, this right. is what an underselling band might call an intimate performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're referring to the Wizard World one, not oh, right. the uh, Columbus Podcast Festival. Uh, we had a bit bigger audience there, and. Boy, it was just a good time, and yeah, we just want to let you listen to it now. But before we do that, Jake, 
You should probably head to Twitter. I mean, I'm not your dad, but I think it would benefit you greatly to follow us at CandarePod. See all of our show links, fun videos and GIFs, uh, images that catch my fancy. Mind you, this is filtered through my sense of humor. It does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Candare as a corporate entity. Uh, then on, head on down to Instagram. Head on down to Instagram. Head on down to Instagram, where we are at canned underscore air, and we do much the same thing, but in a more picture-centric way. And if you like what we do, head to Patreon and throw a couple of bucks a month our way. It goes much further than you'd think, and if you reach that $5 threshold, you have access to the Founders Club Patreon-exclusive pod. There it is, in a nice package. Thank you, Jake. And, uh, you're welcome. Wizard World. Did you already say Wizard World? I did not. If you're going to a Wizard World convention, who's coming up there, Jack? We got... Uh, Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho, yes. If you're heading out to that convention. That's this weekend, actually. When the show posts, it'll be this weekend. So you'll have just enough time. You last-minute people. I think there's a lot of last-minute ticket buyers. I know I'm one of them. Yeah. So uh, use Candare with no space at checkout and get 10% off your ticket price. Come on. They're expensive, right? What do you have to lose? Nothing. Wizard doesn't get pissed for me constantly going, those tickets are expensive, man. Come so on. pricey. <laughs> they know it. They do it for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So let Candare get you back on that one. But all right. With that behind us, let's just dive right into our very first live performance at the Columbus Podcast Festival. All right. Uh, welcome to Columbus Podcast Festival, presented by Kaufman Development, where high design and a sense of belonging come together for a truly special place to live. Uh, this afternoon, we have uh, with us the Canned Air uh, podcast, which is a tribute to comics and pop culture. I read that. <laughs> uh, photos and videos are welcome. Feel free. Just no flash photography. Um, also, if you want to upload anything on social media, use hashtag Columbus Podfest. Remember, this is a live recording, so act alive. <laughs> Feel free to, right, that's it. Feel free to laugh. Feel free to, you know, put in, clap, applaud, you know, respond, okay? Don't feel like you have to be quiet because they won't be. So they're not the only ones who get to, you know, make noise in here. You guys get to as well. And with that said, I would like to welcome Canned Air. Hello, 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 everyone. I gotta say, there are more people here than I expected to yeah, show like up. Fully Boy. eight more. That's yeah. a huge <laughs> <Fully eight more. laughs> So thanks, everyone, for coming out. This is the very first live episode we've ever done, so nerves are running a little high, but bear with us. I think we're going to get through this together. Agreed. Um, we are the Candair Podcast, as man and sign have already told you. But uh, what we do is a tribute to comics and pop culture, and we're going to be talking just that through uh, some segments that we've put together, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. So, Jake. Where can these people find us on social media? It's so easy, guys. We make it as simple as possible for you to give us all of your money. Um, <laughs> head on down to Twitter, where we are at CannedAirPod, and Instagram, where we are at Canned underscore Air. You can see all the funny jokes I tweet and gram out on a daily basis, something I'm more or less proud of. And if you like what we do, we are on Patreon. So toss a couple of bucks a month our way. If you hit that $5 or more mark, you get access to the Founders Club exclusive Patreon oh, yes. podcast. 
uh, very swanky, very high life. And by swanky, we mean unprepared. We take yeah, no preparation <laughs> to that show, but for some reason, people like it. So Easily our least professional though. record. <laughs> right. Um, another question we always get that I think we just need to address right off the top is, mm-hmm. why Candare? You're talking about comics, pop culture. Why Candare? Who here likes Mel Brooks and has seen Spaceballs? Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you all remember the scene where uh, Scrooge, President Scrooge, right? Yeah. Is that right? Is sucking on the can of air? Come on. That's, that's, that's where that we got simple. it. We, we want to be, be your air supply. What? Oh. Oh. Get in here. Get in here. <laughs> Love it. See, that's the connection we got here. <laughs> but uh, we typically always have a guest on the show as well that, uh, you know, we just invite along to have fun and promote their project. We don't have said guest today, so we want you all to be our guest. If during any time during the show we say something you want to comment on, please feel free. Raise your hand or just yell it out. That's fine. Okay. If you want to form a line in the center, that's also okay. <laughs> right behind the black pole here. Yeah. yeah behind the pole, yeah. <laughs> so goes what, first. what we're going to be doing is opening up the show with our very first segment called the Retro Roundtable, where we look back over pop culture and we choose a person, uh, like actor, actress, movie, actress, uh, television shows, anything. Video games. Exactly. And we choose something to springboard a conversation that typically lasts most of the episode and I think is our best segment we offer, right? I agree. Right? It's, yeah. it's the one everyone can get, everyone can get down on. <laughs> Everyone's going to be getting down on it. That's right, Jack. <laughs> but uh, what we do, uh, what we're going to be doing for this one is looking back over the month of May in pop culture history. Significant events that have happened in May, we're just going to talk about right here with you. And I think when talking nerd culture and talking May, something comes on everyone's mind. There it is. Yeah, May the 4th be with you. Thank you so there's much. There's no dancing around it. You just got a barrel straight. I'm glad she it. said that and not something else to make me look like <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Oh, Margaret Thatcher's birthday. Like, <laughs> That's my favorite. But yes, uh, May the 4th be with you. It was uh, this month in 1977 that the original Star Wars was released. So, gentlemen, I thought we could open this uh, show up talking about Star Wars. Where do we begin? Let's do... I was thinking uh, one thing that always comes up on the show is Star Wars fatigue. Ever since Disney has acquired Star Wars too much Star Wars. Am I, am I wrong it's in this? It's the definition of a first world problem. Uh, We've got <laughs> so much of a good thing that we're getting tired of. It's like eating cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. You know objectively you're so lucky, but God, can't we have something a little different one year? Yeah. I think I would be excited about Solo right now if we didn't have too much Star Wars, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I want to see it, but I'm in no hurry. Isn't it out? Did it already come out? Was it yesterday? Or? No, it's the tickets exactly. are on sale. It's coming out pretty soon. Okay, I was wrong. Excuse it's me. like it getting back time. from Disney World, and your parents are like, we're going to Universal. I'm like, that's awesome, but just give me a few days to even out. <laughs> I don't know. Excuse me, I'm getting the phone out here, not because I don't care about you guys, but just because we have to keep an eye on time, you know? Make sure we space out these segments accordingly. Uh, what about The Last Jedi? I mean, this was something that when it came out really took the wind out of my sails for Star Wars. The word divisive comes to mind. And I know it can be a hot button uh, topic to talk about sometimes because some people absolutely love The Last Jedi. Did anyone in here love it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I need to turn my attention to you two then. What, <laughs> what was so great about it? Why did you love it? Sure. That was nice. A lot of redeemable qualities. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, the uh, the hyperspace suicide thing oh, there yeah. was like a hauntingly beautiful scene. Yeah, it the was. combination of the visual and mm-hmm. just the eerie silence was amazing. Even the theaters had to tell the audience that there was a 10 second scene where there was no audio because people <laughs> thought that the audio went broke. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time they honor the reality of no sound in space and people lose their minds. Yeah. Yeah. What's it going had on? A lot of redeemable qualities, oh, I sure. think. For sure. I liked at the end. Has anyone in here not seen it yet? Are we doing spo- oh, okay. Okay. Shame See, I don't want to spoil you. this for you guys. Um, well, damn. It's big enough that Joel hopefully. Oh, crap, man. The pressure's on now. <laughs> One thing about the Star Wars movies for all these years, it's been at its core about a family, about the Skywalker family, right? Ruining the galaxy. Ruining the galaxy, yeah. correct. Right, yes. But uh, this last one seemed to really divert away from that. I'm sorry. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler. Okay, cool. And to you over there, I, I'm sorry. Are you crying? Okay, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he ruined it for me. But there is a restroom just to the left if you need a moment. You know, from my understanding is that after the nine movies are finished, that's going to complete this arc and that they are going to start a whole other main story arc. I don't know if anyone else has heard that or not. <laughs> I take it you haven't. <laughs> They're going to... Exactly. There's too much we're having to uh, swallow right now. I'm sorry, Jack, you were saying. The new one's going to be based on the resistance. It, like with any of the same characters from the... I don't know. I just saw a title and didn't go much farther. <laughs> the Resistance. Yeah. yeah. There you have it. We're going to see it. I mean, as much as we sit here and bitch That's about Star thing. Wars, we're going to go see all of them, right? When push comes to shove, they already have our money. If there was like some kind of Star Wars loyalty program, we'd have the little numbers punched out already and we'd be getting <laughs> our free sandwiches. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like every Star Wars movie up until Solo, I've been all about mm-hmm. until Last Jedi. And it was just, we, we left so... It burned uh, what's, me. What's the you know? word? Dis- I mean, disappointed, underwhelmed, obviously. Underwhelmed, think, thank is... you. But, um, really yeah, yeah, very much sure. so. Really How about when Laura, oh, uh, see. <laughs> uh, and the T-Rex. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget the Mormon part. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. oh, no. <laughs> right. But just the fact that they're trying to divert away from the Skywalker story is and that's just a kick in the stomach for me. Like it's it's brave. And like from an artistic sort of directorial standpoint, I understand the motivation to mm-hmm. challenge your viewers. Right. That's the sure. phrase that gets thrown around, I think, in the critical circles. It's a very challenging Star Wars movie, but they didn't sell it that way. They sold it as a Star Wars film. And you come into a movie like that with a certain set of expectations. And it's not that it didn't meet them. It's that it had this near fanatical need to subvert them. Exactly. Thematically, everything came down to break the cycle, buck the trends, all of this. And yet watching the movie, all I can think is, no, you, you didn't break the cycle. You reset it with characters no one's particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I get the mission statement. Yeah. Yes. Well, I feel like the you mentioned, like, the Skywalker family and how that's the core of the series, which I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the characters no one's particularly invested in. I feel like they had a really good opportunity with Rey to connect her in sort of an adoptive Oh, yeah, way. yeah. A surrogate uh, father figure in Sure. That's what I loved about it. It told everyone, screw you, you were all wrong. But you can't make a movie around that. <laughs> you can't make a movie around that. I feel like you, you could do that to an extent. Like, there are a lot of really great, like, 
mentor student movies. I mean, they had the literally the entire swamps, entire like multiple scenes was basically just Luke rimming not to be an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like it would have been really, I mean, like personally, I would have loved to see a similar thing with Ray actually like learning from and like interacting with more. Uh, that was sort of the expectation that I, mm-hmm. not an expectation, more like a really far away hope. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Can we actually have a really cool female character with an important connection to the main storyline? Despite how this movie turns out, I think Ray is fantastic. What a great character. Yeah. She's like a tragically underutilized character is the issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just, I mean, everyone's heard the fact that she can learn everything so quickly. What was the term, <laughs> yeah. Brooke? A Mary, Mary Sue. Sue. She was a Mary <laughs> yeah, Sue. Where, absolutely. you know, with with her training on the island, you're absolutely right. To see more of that, of that relationship would have been amazing. But you get a few quick scenes of her throwing a lightsaber around. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really about it. She's mastered it. She's got it down. You need a montage. A montage. Also learns things really quickly. I mean, he's a he's a sharp kid. Um, but we believe it because there are those like important, uh, like emotional connections. Mm-hmm. I feel like with the other characters. So you're like, oh. He learned this because it was important to the relationship with like other characters, A and B, like just the movement in general. Whereas mm-hmm. Ray, I don't really feel that as much with her. It's like we need to learn this thing, uh, sort of grind her character, get her to like level twenty before she takes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, sure. And you can kind of forgive it with Kylo because his theme is that he's so powerful and that he can't even wield his own capability. So you get behind it like, oh, he's a weapon. You know, they they sell him like this nuclear bomb. He's barely contained. Every time something goes wrong, he obliterates something expensive. You know, you don't want to be his subordinate because he needs to choke people to unconsciousness to relieve tension. But I just love how blatant they were with him saying exactly what the director's thinking the whole movie. Kill the past, <laughs> destroy it if you have to, right. you know? That was and then pretty they much... don't, you know? It... Well, I mean, they again, they got rid of the, the Skywalker storyline. And that could have gone, like you were saying, in a more interesting way. But it didn't. You know, yeah. I mean, what if somebody was taking on the next installment of Lord of the Rings and telling us that everything that came before <laughs> didn't matter? I mean, get this. It's 2018. It's set in Brooklyn. Yeah. You get six dudes, find a ring. <laughs> Going back to Ray. Hey, yo, Frodo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Going back to Ray, her last name's Mary Sue. <laughs> no, she, it's, a, it's an expression. She's a bit of a Mary Sue, someone that is able to master something right away. She's got Are you a, just messing with me here? No, I have okay. no, I've never okay. heard that term before. <laughs> she's got plot armor, right? I'm overuse she's it invulnerable now. because the story needs it. We find in episode nine the whole time it was Ray Mary Sue Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> what? What was that? Oh, Another thing I hated was the fact that Disney is making its presence known in our Star Wars movies. Mm. You know, they're also behind the Marvel movies we all love so much, but they do a great job of keeping themselves away from it. The only thing you see is that credit crawl at the end, at the very end, a Star Wars production, or excuse me, a Walt Disney production. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But in uh, The Last Jedi, the Canto Bite scene, oh, Oh, see, damn it. I don't want to spoil this. No, you have done nothing wrong. It's my I should have prepared for you. There is a that's scar my fault, on my you. heart that reads Canto Bite. And there are just <laughs> there are two um, 
moments in that scene that I'm not going to mention, <laughs> but are straight ripoffs out of like Disney movies. There was like something out of like Beauty and the Beast, maybe two things oh, that sure. were straight out yeah. of Beauty and the mm-hmm. Beast. In There's that some unforgivably Disney thematic moments that, that make you stop and go, there's no way that just happened. Right. Sure enough. Right. And yet, Putting Mickey in it for one was the worst. Yeah, part. I think that was <laughs> a ballsy move. Don't get me wrong. But. Right, for sure. <laughs> Anything else on uh, The Last Jedi before we move on from the audience? Nothing? It was great. No, no that was a go-ahead gesture. Go-ahead. Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm sorry I only caught half of the go-ahead gesture. I just, okay. And not to say that we hated the movie. You know, yeah, we're sitting here... Making it sound like oh we hated the trash no we, we it was good it was entertaining I've watched it since I've seen it in the theater but yeah. um, bad pizza is still pizza exactly <laughs> exactly and I think Star Wars is also going to kind of bleed into our next thing that happened in May 1989 Disney MGM opened its doors to the public yeah. so uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about amusement parks and Star Wars involvement with the Magic Kingdom bringing on the Star Wars uh, universe or land or you what know are they calling I. That? I'm so excited to see this Star Wars-themed attraction, but I've got to temper that <laughs> with this this scenario in my head where you've got, like, Star Wars super fans lecturing toddlers at every corner <laughs> of every exhibit. It's like, you know, actually, the X-Wing's foils don't contract in this formation. And just right. on and on and on. Isn't Star Wars Land going to be taking place in Naboo? Ooh, I, what I saw a didn't look like Naboo. I mean, the concepts, what I saw was very rock-oriented. Naboo was um, green was fields and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It would be kind of a bad idea, I take, from the, the prequels that nobody liked. Oh, <laughs> no, model no, no, the no. whole Star Wars land after that. No, it looked like a uh, landing, like a cargo bay for the Millennium Falcon, oh, cool. at least uh, the main area where that ride is going to be. And that ride is going to be awesome. It's going to make me sick as hell, but I'm gonna, it's going to be awesome. Oh, yes, absolutely. Please. The first movie I saw was the first of the prequels. Uh, no, you were too young. I think. So, wait, Phantom Menace was your first Star Wars movie you ever oh, saw? No. Wow, okay. I latched on to Jar Jar Binks like he was some sort of northern star or something. That's all I would talk about. That's why they had him so they could reel in the little kids. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and and um, it wasn't until like middle school discovering oh internet there's like more to do than videos here cool mm-hmm. and and reading like my best friend no one likes him yeah <laughs> that's not a crime you are the victim in this scenario yeah <laughs> right you got roped in your impressionable young mind that's and it's funny too because if you uh, look back on like YouTube and we've played it many times on our shows. To uh, like people, the news being at the theater opening night when the fans come out and just person after person spilling over, oh, better than the original trilogy. Yeah. And then over time, you know, to where we are now, there it's like the most hated. It's up there with last. Je- no, no, I didn't hate last Jedi <laughs> that much. But, uh, but that's the thing about it, though, is in the moment you're like, yes. This mm-hmm. is Star Wars. Yeah. It's like the sugar rush. And when you and have then, a news reporter coming up to you saying, what do you think? And a that's camera great. in your face, of course it's gonna be you're good. not going to yeah. be like, uh, fucking sucked. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think a lot of people have their own thought about like, how the Star Wars movie should be made. Exactly. So, like, you're go- you going in the theater and be like, it better do this, and then it didn't do that, and then you're just pissed off. Which, you know, I'm not... I don't care about having my hopes same, same goes with Marvel too. dashed. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> 
I don't care about having, you know, what I anticipate being taken out from under me or anything. I actually encourage it. It makes for a more sure. interesting movie if I can't predict it. But it has to be relevant to the story. Yeah. It can't just be a movie about contradicting what the fans are thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how many times have we said, you know, like, we can do all this speculation before this movie, before that movie, before Infinity War, before Last Jedi when the chips are down, none of it's going to matter because they're probably going to pull something out of left field. And right. in some situations, that's incredible. And we walk away going like, oh, I didn't see it coming. And in others, you're like, oh, did I really know better than the directors and the producers of <laughs> <Yeah>. this film? <laughs> they had to take that path. Yeah. Yeah. What Infinity War was, yeah, you mentioned that. That was so, so good. So it's, little mistake. I feel like they're on two ends of a spectrum, Last Jedi and Infinity War, in terms of what the fans expected versus what they got. Mm -hmm. And Infinity War locked in like a laser beam and just hit that part of your brain for two and a half hours. Last Jedi was trying to skirt around. It's like, what about these cool concepts? And you're like, right. no, I want Star Wars. And it's just, <laughs> it doesn't work. Just sprayed with the machine gun all over. I think we'll hit <laughs> right. something good somewhere. Seriously. The scattergun approach. Everybody's favorite. That's where the money is. So aside from the Millennium Falcon ride that we all have been told we're going to get in the Star Wars land, I'm kind of curious what else we can expect. Blue milk. Oh, my God. Oh, kind of leads exactly into what I was going to say. I'm hoping there's an adult section like the cantina with all the drink aliens it. drinking and stuff. I Straight hope the dispenser is exactly person. from the, the teat of the monster. Oh, no. That would be amazing. <laughs> be you have to milk your own blue milk. Bring your own. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy a bottle. Oh, exactly. Awesome. Wouldn't that be so cool? What a misstep if they didn't. Yeah. yeah. What, what if they, they make a hotel where the beds are actually the, uh, what was it that Luke got inside? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the Bacta tank or something? Han Solo, the carbonite. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't the make for a comfortable night of sleep. Just <laughs> You too can be killed. Just people walking around. <laughs> As long as they don't play the same dun 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 dun, dun in the cantina 24 I the loop a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to play it. Yeah. It's the Star Wars equivalent of the small world, right? Yeah. But if you're if you're in there with a guest and you're you know a friend and you're having a drink and about 20 minutes in you're like okay, you know. <laughs> but then an hour later, like it'll come back around. Yeah. Just give it a second. Right. Exactly. They'll pipe that same music through all of Star Wars land, so everyone will be walking around. Dun, 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 dun. Everyone in locks. In unison at that. No. Right. Um, another thing that I know excites Jake and I pretty much about amusement parks are the gift shops. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine how awesome the gift shop is going to Dude, be. That's going to be Star the place to get things to make your friends jealous about. I'm a huge Simpsons a small fan. fortune. And when we went to the Universal uh, Springfield, you know, it was cool to do the ride, eat it. Uh, well, it was cool to eat at Krusty Burger. It was horrible food. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they were trying just to be true to the show. Yeah. Awful. Don't eat there. Go to Cletus's Chicken Shack if you ever go. Much better food. And if, you, but, if you've been to Universal, I think we're all pretty much in agreement. Springfield is like the coolest part of that whole operation. Mm. Something about the charm and feel of that. Oh, God. People would argue Harry Potter. That's a close second. That's a close. It's yeah. the best. That, it, like, <laughs> I'm the with Forbidden <laughs> Flight or whatever in the Hogwarts Castle. I, I'm with Jake. The Simpsons was definitely the highlight of the visit. Harry Potter was definitely awesome, but there were so many people, like, shoulder to shoulder. You could, like, lift your feet and still just move <laughs> around Diagon Alley. There was so many people. I got lucky when I was there because it's a monster. That way you don't get tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a convenience. Just I just didn't recognize. Just bend your be like a conveyor. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Anything else you guys uh, think we might be able to expect out of a Star Wars uh, themed amusement park? I don't know if I expect this, 
but mm-hmm. I'm hoping for some kind of rancor fight sort of deal. <laughs> I want that to factor in. I want some kind of death pit full of strange monsters. Pod or- race or lazy river. Oh, my God. That is perfect. That is perfect. I want the little holographic monster chest set up. I heard they were making that, actually. Like, there's a... Yeah, dude, play the hell out of that. Even better. I have no idea how to play it, but I'll try it. No. (laughs) We'll have to write some letters to Disney, I think. If there's a Wookiee, you know how to handle it, so... (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah. That probably will be they for the little kids. They actually have that now. It's not yeah. in that land, but like little kids can go up, yeah. get their lightsaber after their parents fork down $500. Oh. I mean, I don't think it's really that much, but yeah, it's Disney. You're getting gouged, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, some Jedis come out and wave it to the right, wave it to the left. You're the a master just now. Stand there, yeah. <laughs> and then a Darth Vader comes out and kind of stands menacing in the corner, and that's. A, Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, like a pinata. They beat the hell out of him. They go yeah. through so many. <laughs> exactly. He's already dead. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> Got like six Vaders limping around, bleeding. Right. <laughs> um, one th- thing I thought we could uh, do up here, since we're talking about amusement parks, and maybe talk about some of our uh, favorite experiences or memories at amusement parks, guys. I got a horrific one. Let's hear it. Oh boy. When I was little, we went to Santa Cruz, and I was too small. I didn't come up to the line, so I couldn't ride anything. Aww. Except for one ride, was. I believe they called it the Himalaya. <laughs> and it was just the small ride that goes up and down in a circle. Oh, well, I was yeah. excited because that was the only ride I could get on. So my mom and I jumped on there. It started going. I was getting crushed by my mom because of the centrifugal force, <laughs> the way it works. And they stopped and said, all right, who's ready to go backwards? And everyone said, yay, anyone not want to go? Boom. <laughs> you know, I had a very uh, similar experience. My dad put me on, was it the Beastie, I think, at King's Island? Oh, I remember the Beastie. The, that was my miniature first roller coaster. Version. Mine, too, at <laughs> way too young an age. And it has kept me from getting on a roller coaster ever since. It oh. was horrifying. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only wimp here. Dude, I got the T-shirt. I was hyped. Because it had oh. the little, because the Beast had the talons with the chains. Yes. Beastie yes, yes. had the paws with the ropes. It was everything yeah. goes down a tier. And it's still scared the hell out of me. Yeah, you know, I uh, that was the first and only roller coaster I'd been on. I went there when I was really young. I enjoyed the Beastie, Mm -hmm. so I had this idea in my head like roller coasters, not so bad. I can handle this. Then we went to what's it? Cedar Point has Millennium Force. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I was telling my dad like, let's take this slow. I want to hit all the coasters. I want to hit them in sequence. I want to know what to expect. And then we met like some family friends like, yo, we're going in line in the Millennium Force if you want to come. My dad's like, sure, come on. I'm like, yeah, Millennium Force is a whole different beast. No pun intended on that. I babbled like a lunatic for like the half hour (laughs) wish. By the time I got to the, my only saving grace is that it was the dead of night. So I couldn't see the fall in front of me. I only got to feel it. So like the anticipation is so much worse than actually doing it. So So you got to ride the best roller coaster. I did, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> My second coaster. It's very much. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. That's how the Jurassic Park. You have the right was. to be wrong. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> the Jurassic Park ride in Universal, very much the same the way, greatest, where you're yeah. looking up at a T-Rex yelling in your face as you're <laughs> dropped hundreds of feet. I, you know, I pulled the same. The same thing my dad did to me. My sister hates roller coasters. 
She is definitely terrified. We went on a little tour in Disneyland that took you through the interior of Space Mountain without getting on the coaster. Oh, nice. She hyperventilated thinking it was going to connect to the coaster somehow. <laughs> so it's not cool for her. She's not down. We went to Universal for her birthday, and I'm like, we have to go on the Jurassic Park ride. It's going to be the best. She's like, it looks like a roller coaster. I'm like, no, it's like a little tour. You look at the dinosaurs. It's like a log flume thing. We've done that before. I, in my defense, I didn't realize. And uh, so we're going through and like, oh, there's a hole in the fence. The raptors are loose. And I'm like, see, isn't this cool? And she's like, yeah, I guess it's okay. <laughs> then we got to the building with the strobe lights and the T-Rex, you know. And the T-Rex is so cool. Oh, the way it amazing. looms over you and shrieks at Doesn't you. Doesn't it kind of like lunge forward oh, yeah, out of the like, darkness at you as you well? You know, because like, you're cresting that hill, which right. I didn't realize. And um, You weren't alone. Yeah, I was turning to her. I was going to be like, hey, look at the T-Rex. Isn't this cool? And then... <laughs> and I was like, and like, it was a little intense for me. So I remember we hit and the water splashed and she had her mouth open. If she had been breathing, she may have drowned. But fortunately, <laughs> her entire system locked up on the way down. So she was OK. Oh, the poor thing. <laughs> it took a minute or two of like sitting down and consoling her after Coaxing the ride. and crying. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, sure. I don't know. I bought her an ice cream or something. It, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But I, I, I'm definitely on the different side, different spectrum. Like uh, top Little Dragster, you ever rode that? Mm. You know, as much as I hate roller coasters, that's the one, for some reason, I want to try. Uh, I'm, I, I might be the only one that rides that ride in hopes that it doesn't go all the way around the first time. Well, what the hell's wrong with you? Up, straight up. <laughs> I want to go backwards, and then I'll oh. do it again. Oh, well, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, you can just get in line again and try to do it again that way, but <laughs> no, I don't know what it is about that. It looks so attractive to me, especially when I hate roller coasters, when the beastie scarred me. What is it about this one? It's all that. It's just when you get up to it, it's like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And then when it goes off, you hear like the screech of the tire. Sure. And it's over so quick too, right? Oh, it's yeah. Oh, that's cool. I can't imagine the view of the park at that moment is going to be like, oh, wow, look at that. Uh, yeah, so serene. That's about how much time you have. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrifying, though, when it's stuck on top, though, and then you Oh, they love hanging you over the edge. storm coming in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the first time I was on it, I was on top, and it's, it, they were like, it's going to take a minute, because it was, like, stuck or whatever, and there's just a storm coming in, and there's lightning. I was like, I'm going to die up here. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> That's a fair thought. That's a fair thought. You know, <laughs> she's a ghost. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Winning combination, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barefoot coaster riding's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Old, think they call that Louisiana style? <laughs> yeah. 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 Trees. Has anybody ever seen the Incredible Hulk roller coaster at Universal Studios? Oh, see this I thing twists you up. Really down, turn just sideways and doesn't even buy you dinner. Yes. And it just, it scares the ever-living shit out of me. Now I didn't have the strength. I passed it up when I was there. We went with my, uh, my graduating class. We went in 2000 uh, to Universal Studios. And as soon as me and my friends got in the front door, the first thing they wanted to do was the Incredible Hulk ride. It's like, son of a bitch, what am I going to do? <laughs> do I stand in line for two hours to humor them? And then, you know, waste half of my day? Or should I just go off, do my own thing? I was like, my class is here. There's plenty of people around. I'll, surely I'll find someone else to hang out with. So that's what I did. I parted ways with them. I just went walking. Underestimated the size of the park. I didn't come across anyone I knew for some time. 
so I got in ride to do the Spider-Man ride, which if you ever are in Islands of Adventure, do it. It's so amazing. I don't think they've updated it in years, but it is still... They don't need to. Yeah. Yep. A true classic never goes out of style, yep. right? Just like the Terminator. Uh, Ooh, it's in 3D, everybody. No, that, that needs to be gone <laughs> if it isn't. I would say that, that ride but, is awesome as the Spider-Man ride is. I actually enjoy staying in line in that ride. Because it's like you're going through all like the offices of... like. Uh, Yes, cool. you're at like cool. the Daily Bugle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the actual line. It's a nice touch. It's a moving cart, but you have the 3D glasses on too, so the characters are so on cool. the cart with you. Like Venom's tongue is in your face, the goblins right flying in front of you. It's cool. That like augmented coaster thing is right. exactly. I won't spoil the whole thing for you, but I d guarantee it's on uh, YouTube. Sure. And anyway, so again, my dilemma. I've left my friends behind at the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. I'm standing in line. Uh, at the Spider-Man ride and come across three what I would just call Florida brats and dropped Name off of there band, in the morning the by their parents makeshift babysitting you know but they seem to be about my age and seem to be fairly nice so I was like okay I'm gonna roll with these guys for a little while about 20 minutes later I find them intolerable and we are uh, walking toward Jurassic Park and I see a classmate coming uh, my way who I'm just gonna call Bill for the sake of the story here I'm like oh Bill my salvation I gotta get to Bill you know <laughs> So I could have turned to these fine people and just said, thanks for humoring me, entertaining me. I see some of my friends, I gotta go. But no, I waited until he looked the other way and I just ran. <laughs> That's what I did. I, I can't explain why I did. Like a true hero. <laughs> right into the open arms of Bill, my salvation. 20 minutes later, I find Bill intolerable. And I'm like, <laughs> I gotta do something about this. So I see in the front of Jurassic Park, there's a big, there's a big lake right in the middle of the park there that has a boat going from three points where if you don't want to rock around the entire park, around the lake, you can get on the boat. It's like, Bill, we got to do this boat. We got to do this boat. So we get on and we're sitting there and I'm keeping close eye on the captain who's closing the chain, getting ready to take off. And as soon as I see him grab for that chain, I'm like, Bill, I got to go throw away my Coke can. I'm sorry, I forgot. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I jump out and I say, you can go ahead and go. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And the last thing I remember is seeing a, a bill about this big getting smaller with a confused look on his face looking on. I was like, I don't know, dude. I'll meet you on the other side. I never did. Left without <laughs> never me. Did. Bill was so, never seen again. A window, a window into the fickle asshole I was or am. I don't know. Maybe. It, you've toned it down quite a bit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Any uh, other amusement park stories before we move on? Anything you guys want to share? All right, moving right along. It was this month in 1992. Let's really, talk about what really matters. Really yeah. deviating away from what we've been talking about here is this week, or excuse me, this month in 1992, the Golden Girls final episode aired. Do we have any uh, Golden Girls fans in the house here? No? Okay, awesome. Come on, Chris. Come on. <laughs> You would. You, had you to really have seen would. something. You had to have seen some of it. Thank you. She was amazing, and she was my favorite part of that show. I mean, I think that a lot of the humor was really ahead of its time Absolutely. in that show. Because it holds up today. It does. I mean, You could probably start watching the show right now, and you'd be like, okay, I get it. You, he jokes, but honestly, you yeah, can. I mean, I, I've been watching it within the last year, and have seen a joke on there. I'm like, wow, I can't believe they did that on the Golden Girls, you know, but... They did, and I love it. I love it. But also the cult following. Come on, I love the gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the cult following that it's ensued in the meantime. Board games, uh, coloring books. You can see a Lego uh, set of I'll never forgive house. myself Concept for not Lego buying set, that coloring yeah. book. Pops. Do they have pops? They do have pops. I've seen them, yeah. Link's got the whole set. 
Oh, he's a smart man. I didn't know they had those. I want full-on action figures. Pops oh, yeah. don't cut it for me, but full-on Golden Girls action Six figures. Six-inch. Yeah. Blanche and Rose. And Anybody who's been to my place has seen a wall full of action figures. Come on, you can contest. Can you imagine? Spider-Man, Drax the Destroyer, Dorothy and Ma, <laughs> right up there in the lineup. Come on. They combine like Voltron. They're <laughs> yeah. like, every Golden Girls action figure has uh, one limb of Thanos. And there it is. collect the whole set. Even more attractive to yeah, me yeah, now. Yeah, sure. I dig it. Oh, easily. Without a doubt, I believe so. Rose. No question. Rose is holding Mjolnir. Thor's hammer is Mjolnir, uh, for those who might not be aware. But yeah, Rose is the only one. You know Blanche is not holding that no, thing. come on. Too many uh, late night, uh, well. One we'll day her that. sins will catch up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does it, uh, Golden Girl fans here? Anybody? I mean, I think I've already asked that, but anything to say on the Golden Girls? The only reason I looked into the Golden Girls when I was younger is because I mentioned B. Arthur in the movie Airheads. Which is <laughs> oh, my so God, yes. And one of them is a naked picture of B. Arthur. And then later, a record exec walks by and just goes, I've never had oh the desire to see B. Arthur nude, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Right, right. Right, right. Whether you're a fan of the show or not, you recognize living national treasure, Betty White. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Probably the human being who is purest of spirit. Who has figured out the, planet. the uh, secret to eternal life. She's just apparently. got, like, husks of children piling up in her basement. <laughs> she, she just sucks their power <laughs> from them every day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Literally fully. <laughs> it works, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we found out Keith Richards was doing it. We'd be like, mm. Yeah, yeah he's, he's doing a lot of things that uh, should have killed him years ago. But it's like we were... He's going to outlive all of us. It's like we were talking about before the show, like on The Simpsons, Mr. Burns has all these diseases <laughs> that would kill any normal man, but there's so many of them in flux that they, they keep each out. other at, at bay, so... <laughs> right, right, right. Um, some fun facts about the Golden Girls. Estelle Getty, who played Ma, who was, looked to be the oldest, was actually the youngest... Of the cast, can you believe? I didn't know that till you told me. That's I just assumed yeah. the makeup work was really solid. I guess that it was. That it was. And Jack, I remember you said you had some uh, things to bring to the table on the Golden Girls. Yeah, originally B. Arthur wasn't gonna be. Was her name Dorothy in the show? Really? Yeah, yeah. Because she was popular because of Maude, but nobody really loved her because of Maude and all the views. <laughs> yeah, that she, she had wasn't in a likable character yeah. in Maude. Was she? Kind of she's kind like of... Archie Bunker to play. <laughs> I don't know, some <laughs> lovable characters. Right. Did they have any, like, runners-up for who would have uh, played? Uh, they Dorothy? had somebody else, but she dropped the F-bomb during her uh, <laughs> audition, so they were immediately like, nope. Would have spiced the show up for me, I would have been, in my no. opinion. See one of the Golden Girls drop the F-bomb over also, some cheesecake? A man also, can dream. the Queen of England loved the Golden Girls. Go figure. Right. <laughs> one thing I never understood about the Golden Girls was when the way the series ended. The last episode was uh, Dorothy marrying Leslie Nielsen, and then uh, the two of them whisking off to their happily ever after. 
But was it Le- Leslie Nielsen? It was Leslie Nielsen. I, yeah, I thought it was uh, Stan, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh. I, I went back and looked. But I know too much about Golden Girls, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I think that's what this panel is uh, accomplishing here. But no, she she left her mom with uh, Blanche and Rose. She didn't take the, her mother along with her. Here, take care of my very elderly mother for me. Yeah, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the spinoff to Golden Girls, Golden Palace. Does anyone here hold of, heard of Golden Palace? No. Featuring you have. Don Cheadle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A young, very young Don Cheadle. The premise of this show was Blanche, Rose, and Ma, who are who Blanche and Rose are now burdened with, are <laughs> purchasing her a, slow descent into dementia. <laughs> are purchasing a hotel from a young Don Cheadle who uh, can't get it going anymore. So he's kind of what's he become like the the bellboy? Yeah, or? he's sort of like he's like the concierge. She's running the operation more mm-hmm. or less. Sure, and uh, another. Uh, person in this show is Cheech Marin. I mean, when you think of Golden Girls, you think stoner comedy, right? Yeah, oh, right? easily. No. Two great easy. tastes that taste great together. <laughs> oh, there it is. They've got to take all their pills, and he does other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he provides said pills. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out if you've never seen Golden Palace. Look on YouTube. It's worth looking into. If only because it's so bizarre. So bizarre and got out. under so many people's radars, including my own. I didn't yeah, find yeah. out until recently about that, so... Anyway, where are we at here? Oh, we're doing pretty Shutting good. Right along. Let's uh, let's just jump right in and talk about some comics, I guess. Here. Let's do it. Yeah. Another segment we do on the show is the Comic Vault, which kind of like kind of like a comic show and tell. We just go around talking about a comic we've read recently, and uh, hope you guys like it. So now, mind you, at one point it was called the Comic Dunk Bin. <laughs> Uh, then we dump had a bin, not dump. dung bin. Did I'm you say sorry, dung bin? the dump bin? <laughs> Might as well have been called the dump. I'm bin. nervous. And <laughs> due to a little bit of a language barrier, we gave one of our guests the impression it was for bad comics only, mm-hmm. and felt just terrible about it. So it was like, I really love this, this poor... book. I don't want to dump on it, you know. Yeah. And we were like. No, 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 no. It's it was this guy straight from Italy. He's like, it's a very good comic. I'm like, no, no, no. It <laughs> sounded just like Mario. Like, no, no, no. We, we, we like it. <laughs> so now it's the comic vault, you know, where you put valuable things. <laughs> yes, things you like. So uh, who would like to start? Okay, I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. No, the comic I have this week is a comic that I have not, or excuse me, I have brought to the show before several times, mainly to torment these two guys because it's just so freaking ridiculous. But it's called The Human Fly. And this is not to be confused with The Human Fly Spider-Man villain. This is a completely different entity. He is a stuntman. And uh, what I guess is kind of appealing about this is he's very Adam West Batman-ish in this <laughs> book where everybody knows who the human fly is. If there's ever a problem, why you call on the human fly. There's nothing he can't accomplish. The idea that he's a vigilante or like somehow operating outside the law <laughs> is not even addressed. He's just, oh, oh, human fly? That's what's interesting about it. They're, they're, they're marketing him here as a superhero on top of a stuntman. But what I've gathered through reading these books is unless you're in peril (laughs) at a human fly event, you're probably not going to get saved by the human fly. Getting mugged downtown, pray for Spider-Man to come. If he's jumping a school bus three blocks down, you're just going to have to endure a mugging. This is the guy come to help you. And boy, he's he's overcome some uh, pretty big feats. As you can see here, he's diving off of the snowmobile that he's jumping over a gorge to tackle a grizzly bear about to attack a blind boy. Tell me that doesn't sound Adam West uh, Batman, right? That Come ticks on. every box on the hero's checklist. <laughs> right. But the reason that I decided, ooh, this comic's coming home with me, is because across the top it says, the wildest superhero ever, because he's real. 
thought, well, what's that mean? So I looked into it, and this guy really existed. The human fly really existed. It goes by the name Rick Roger. And I don't think he ever like showed his face in public. He had a very um, kiss thing happening, yeah, I guess. Yeah. He was but married to the character, you know. It was, yes. Yeah. And he did some uh, he did some stunts. He did a few. His big thing was to he was like the Canadian evil Knievel, had a, as you can see by his outfit here. Yeah. But every all the white you see on his outfit in real life was very very vibrant uh, sequins. Tons. You got to have sequence. some brass balls to pull off a look like that. That you do. That's the biggest stun of all, if you yes. ask me. <laughs> Making the sequins work. But you can look him up on YouTube and find interviews. Like he's been on talk shows. Again, these are from like the late 70s. But he really had a distaste for Evil Knievel. Did not <laughs> like this guy at all. Um, so I started looking into it. One of the stunts he did was he strapped himself to the top of a 747 airplane that took off, circled around maybe like five to ten minutes just around the airport, and then landed again. When they landed, he was full of bruises and unconscious because they went through a sprinkling of rain. Now, at those speeds, that's going to mess somebody up and mess, it up, mess him up. It did. So a few uh, weeks later after recovery, they did it again. Check the war, uh, weather forecast this time, which seems to, like a solid. You move. would think you'd do that the every first time, time but, but look, I don't organize. I'm not a stuntman, so yeah, I know. And uh, the second time he did it successfully. Um, then for the stunt that I think ended his career, which I think was his big second stunt, was he was lining up a bunch of cars or buses or trucks, very much in the same fashion as Evil Knievel, but he added like one or two more <laughs> cars just to, just to stick it to him a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, he cleared them, but when he landed, he went sideways and hit all kinds of people and things he should not have hit, and it uh, really messed him up, and I think that's what uh, made him walk away from the stunt uh, profession, but looking on the inside of this comic here, right across the top, this guy's origins are in tragedy. Uh, in one night in 1971 on a lonely North Carolina highway, a head-on car crash cost a young driver his family and very nearly his life. Hardly a bone in his body remained unbroken. Doctors were sure that he would never move again, but he triumphed over his disability and went on to become the wildest superhero of all, the human fly. So he's basically kick-ass. That's, that's my much, point. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I'm getting at. I, I feel like he's the inspiration for Kick-Ass. The man dude was reconstructed yeah. with metal rods, wire, and can now take a beating and is now a stuntman. That's a hell of an origin story. When Isn't you've endured dumb? so much physical trauma, you just can't feel it anymore. But anyway, that's really all I have on the human fly. I just found the backstory very interesting. Uh, look it up on YouTube. Check him out. He's definitely something to uh, burn some minutes if you're bored, but Man, the that, human fly. That human fly evil can eat. It's like the best rivalry that one person was not aware of in the rivalry. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, yeah. too. The human who? Who, who yes. is this? Oh, it was he Canadian? Look, I got some stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my comic, so who would like to go next? I'll go next. I was about to say, Jack, why don't you take this one if you want to be in <laughs> Oh, thanks, Jake. I'll go ahead and go. Anyone heard of the music group Star Set? They're a local band. They're from Columbus. No. They're so good. Nobody knows about them. They are good. Yeah. They are very good. Yes. They play music. Yeah. <laughs> we, a couple months ago, we had the lead singer on our show. Uh, he wrote a novel called The Prox Transmissions that Marvel picked up and turned it into a graphic novel. And it's about a astronomer that he's down on his luck pretty much. His wife's trying to divorce him. He wakes up one day, well, he got in trouble at the university he teaches at because he slept with one of his students. Apparently that's a football. That'll do it. That'll do it. But he wakes up one day in a bathroom, uh, passed out, woke up, didn't know how he was in there. A guy was banging on the door, you know, I need to use it, get out of here. So he gets up, tries to figure out 
what happened the nights before and how he got there. He ends up walking home to find out that somebody else lives in that house. They know who he is. And they said, no, you signed the lease over, you know, a month ago. But you said that you would come over here and do this. So here's a note you left. So he opens up the note and it says to shave his head. So he goes into the bathroom, shaves his head, finds numbers on tattooed on the side of his head. We've all been there. I was going to yeah. say, didn't you get that note? <laughs> yeah. That's he finds out, well, figures out that there, uh, it's a location. So he ends up going to the local uh, planetarium, not planetarium, telescope. Planetarium. Yeah. <laughs> finds out that there is a transmission coming from space that is giving blueprints and uh, pretty much telling them that they need to build this machine that's going to save the future, basically. Turns into a whole, I want to say it's like a, a born identity where there's nobody you can trust, a big adventure that you get a bunch of people together. I don't know. It was, it, it was a good read. It's it was a good read. We got to check it out when we had uh, Dustin Bates, the lead singer and the creator of this book, on the show. But uh, to accompany this story, the band Starset, the music loops in a lot with what you read here. Yeah. And the, uh, they assume characters on stage, I believe, right? Yeah. Kind yeah. of in the uh, same fashion of like uh, Daft Punk, where they have lights on their face and everything. They're really, really cool band. You should check them out. Yeah, the They're whole really band is set the, up with yeah. uh, spacesuits that they, I think they get on wires and fly around. The oh, light show is incredible. They fly around. Wow. They've got an augmented reality set up at their concerts, which is interesting if you're looking through your they're phone. They're not concerts, they're demonstrations. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. They're intergalactic <laughs> transmissions. <laughs> Basically, they're trying to spread the word that Spread the word of technology that it it's evil and bad at the same time, and to use technology for actual good instead of selling it to the big corporations that will make all the money and make the poor people sad and lonely, basically, because they can't work with the technology. It's right. fusion energy instead of smartphones, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you should check it out, though. It is a good book and a good band, a lot of solid music. Uh, you should go back to, I don't remember what episode it was in our catalog, but if you go into iTunes or something, type in Candare, Star Set, you should be able to find it and uh, find out what they're about. It was a great book, though. Good choice. And there was one. And there was one. Go ahead and go, Jake. Guys, I want to talk to you <laughs> about possibly the finest name for a comic I've ever seen, God Hates Astronauts. Hard to argue. Wow, what a title. Hard to argue. This, you know what? Let me let this little review blurb on the front say it all. This is from Jonathan Hickman of the Manhattan Projects. It says... I don't want to oversell what Ryan, the creator, has accomplished here, but I gave God Hates Astronauts to a blind man, and he regained his sight. <laughs> <laughs> this is, without hyperbole, the strangest and most utterly brilliant comic I think I have ever read. The quality of the writing and the concepts at work is in such stark contrast to the utter absurdity of it. I can't sing its praises highly enough. What I'd like to do is introduce you to just some of the fine features of this comic rather than the storyline itself. It has a suggested voice talent page oh right man, here at the you front. You can't go wrong with that. Where it lists all the major characters and how best they should sound in your head. Let me just go through a, a few of them. We've got Starfighter, the main character, who they suggest John C. Riley would be the ideal match. Uh, his wife, Starrier, a crude portmanteau of star and warrior, Maggie Gyllenhaal. 
their uh, their buddy here in the weird BDSM gear. That's anti mugger, a man, <laughs> a man who hates muggers so much he's based his entire identity on seeking them out and destroying them. Well, that's Burt Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, nice. <laughs> and my personal favorite, this guy here, it's almost impossible for you to see. He's basically just a set of jaws with flashlights on the side. That's Kramok, <laughs> uh, voiced by Rip Torn, apparently. His little blurb in the introduction here is possibly the greatest thing in all Christendom. It says, Kramok, friend to all, understood by none. Primal ape strength and rechargeable laser eyes of some kind. So <laughs> they're just not interested. Rounding out their team is this upside down face gray silhouette called the impossible. And her superpower is that she can perform the impossible in context specific ways. <laughs> in one situation, we see her hanging upside down out of frame behind an enemy only to break their neck. <laughs> The person yells, impossible, and she says, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me give you a quick rundown of the storyline here. It's called God Hates Astronauts, <laughs> playing off that cultural touchstone, The Astronaut Farmer, everyone's favorite film. I we are that film yeah, personally. Yeah. It was great. It was, yeah, it was great. I didn't see it. You didn't? No. Billy Bob Thornton, check it out. Okay. So good. May I? May I, I am so oh, sorry. Continue. No, by all means. Wow. <laughs> wow. So space travel is becoming increasingly privatized um, by farmers, of all people, who took Billy Bob's example and decided, <laughs> if he can do it, so can I. Now, here's the problem. For our band of intrepid heroes, the Justice League equivalent of this setting, they are funded by NASA who's now being defunded by all of these privatized space programs because of all these upstart farmers building their own spacecraft. Thus, they declare war on astronaut farmers to eliminate them, to restore funding to NASA, to restore funding to their organization. And boy, it only gets weirder from there. Where they meet characters like, uh, what's his name? Admiral Tiger eating a cheeseburger? <laughs> James Earl Jones. Who's, oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Who is a regal tiger, always a cheeseburger in hand, always one bite taken out of the cheeseburger. Does it regenerate? Does he have an unlimited supply of cheeseburgers? These are questions we'll never have the answer to. And uh, let me just conclude with, I think, my favorite joke in the book. The main character the gigantic bloated head you see right here is Star Warrior, who is invulnerable, like unto Superman. He gets beaten so savagely by a supervillain in the very first fight that his skull <laughs> is powdered and his head begins to swell to something like two or three times the size of his body, but he can't die because he's immortal. The surgeon operating, quote unquote, on him <laughs> says, look, I can try to piece his head back together, but at this point, it'd be like gluing together sand. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the quality of writing you can come to expect from God Hates Astronauts. This is one of three. I swear they only get better. It's, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Stop what you're doing after the show. <laughs> Read God Hates Astronauts by Ryan Brown. It says right here, Ryan Brown's shockingly questionable God Hates Astronauts. <laughs> Volume 1, The Head That Wouldn't Die. Sounds awesome. Incredible. I, I think it. the best part about this comic is just having that list of celebrities oh, to hear their voice. Because what a stroke of genius that it is. It adds so much you know? to the reading experience and I think makes it even a little bit easier. Yeah. You know? It gives you, you more identity for that him. character. Right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Put that suggestion in your head. There's no getting away from it. 
All right, where are we at? We are about five more minutes here. I think we can wrap it up. I think all right, so. awesome. Well, guys, uh, I want to thank you all for coming out. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, can't thank you enough for being here. But yeah, before it really we end, means a lot. Jack, what do we have on our website? You go to candarepodcast.com. You can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media. Uh, click the link to follow our YouTube page. Check out our special guest page. Click the link to follow our merch page. And if you'd like to be a guest, well, I guess if you'd do any comic books and stuff like that you can uh send us an email on our contacts page <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget guys that is at canned AirPod on twitter and at canned underscore air on instagram and if you like what we do patreon couple of bucks a month seems like it couldn't help at all you have no idea how far that goes toward boosting our fractured confidence so <laughs> by all means throw us your pocket change hit that five dollar a month or more mark and you have access to the founders club patreon only super chill it's almost like a backstage quality right that's yeah, what we're shooting yeah, for yeah it, yeah you're just it's talking with your bros but at the same time it's more lax you're like you saying backstage yeah. in the green room if you will like you left on the room. microphone and you're down. peeping in on us Audio-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Do they know they're being recorded right now? This is weird. I don't know if you guys have had this problem. My hands have felt awkward this whole time. I don't know. Like, what do, do I do with my hands? I I'm just going to like kind of part do, of me. I, do, I'm this. do this. <laughs> Here we are. Anyway, thanks, guys. Another quick thing before we end. I just wanted to say uh, we're looking at starting another show up. So another show that focuses on strange, weird, unexplained stories that anyone might have. So if you have a said story, fits criteria. Hit us up on one of these contacts over here and let us know. We'd love to get you on the show and record. Yeah. And people have asked, like, oh, I don't have any supernatural. Does it have? It doesn't have to be supernatural. No. If it is, all the better. All we want are things that have happened to you or a friend, something you know well enough to retell in all its detail that make you go, that, that was weird. weird. Yeah, yeah. Things that make you go, hmm. hmm. Right? Yeah. That's, that's the tagline. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for coming out to the uh, Columbus Podcast Festival and sitting through our, our uh, podcast here. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Great job, guys. Thank you. I think I might have All right, and there you have it, our performance at the Columbus Podcast Festival 2018. Success, guys, right? Mm -hmm. I, I'd have to say so. Yeah, I had a great time. I'm looking forward to doing more. Um, you know, I think the Wizard World shows are going to be kind of a thing we can always a given yeah, count yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, and I hope we can get back into uh, that festival next year, if not with... Uh, this show, then maybe our new series, What sure. If. What if we have both shows on the ticket? What if indeed? <laughs> <laughs> but which would take the main stage? Mm. Probably neither. Yeah. <laughs> Probably neither. All right. Confidence is the first step. <laughs> one would happen on the small stage, the other one just in our minds. On our, the smaller stage. <laughs> the stage in our minds. <laughs> All the world's a stage, Jeff. This is true. We are this merely players. This is true. Jack, what do we have on the website? You go to candairpodcast.com. You can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on our social media, check out the Hall of Heroes to see the Wall of Justice, see some of our YouTube videos, uh, send us a comment or a complaint. And I think that's it. Oh, there's a merch button. Merch button. Oh, yeah. You want a t-shirt to wear next time you come see us to rep us so we can look out in the Please. audience and see you and be like... That's the that's person. A, that's we'll cool make an example person. of you on yeah. stage. Maybe we're going to bring you up on stage. Yeah. It's going to be embarrassing. 
Well, maybe not Your that Your mom's far, not going to be proud. We're just going to like kind of squint our eyes, smile slightly, and <laughs> nod our head in like our know. direction. They know. <laughs> they know. They know. And once more, that is at CannedAirPod on Twitter and at Canned underscore Air on Instagram. Check us out on Patreon and Wizard World. Use our code. CannedAir, lowercase, no space, and uh, save some money. There it is. It's kind of a no-brainer. I don't know why I need to sell this idea to you. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you want to discount? Come on. You may not click I hope you feel terrible. Here's a promo code. <laughs> this yeah. is far less effort. You don't even have to pick up the scissors. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Let us know what you thought of this uh, episode on Twitter. We are uh, just waiting on the edge of our seats. <laughs> or don't. Fuck you. <laughs> Either way. All right. But until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. Thanks for listening, everyone. There's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! What? Okay. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.